0: This program is brought to you by Preserve Gold, the number one precious metals IRA provider. Call 855-962-3322.
1: A new bill is pushing back on Chinese purchases of U.S. farmland by slapping a heavy tax on certain buyers. This after Chinese investors spent over $6 billion on American real estate and China attempted to buy land near U.S. military bases. More states are now taking action to stop it. We break down the latest in today's episode. Welcome to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. A new push to prevent China from buying U.S. farmland. Representative Beth Van Dyne from Texas introduced a new bill last Friday. If passed, Texas would slap a 60% tax on undisclosed farmland purchases by buyers from China, Russia, Iran, and North Korea. The ban doesn't apply to U.S. citizens or green card holders originally from China. Chinese buyers poured over $6 billion into U.S.-based home purchases last year, outpacing all other international buyers. Looking at farmland, China controls over 380,000 acres in the U.S. That's an area around half the size of Rhode Island, though that's less than 1% of the nation's total farmland. The locations of these land buy-ups are setting off alarm bells. Last year, a Chinese corn milling company bought land 20 minutes away from the Grand Forks Air Force Base in North Dakota. But the local city council pulled the plug on the construction plan this February. A former Chinese general also bought land near Texas's Laughlin Air Base, the largest pilot training center for the U.S. Air Force. Following these news reports, a number of states are mulling over plans or taking action. In Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis signed a bill banning people from China from buying property within 10 miles of a military installation or critical infrastructure. Though it doesn't apply to Chinese people that have become U.S. citizens or permanent residents, the law is set to take effect July 1st. Montana's governor also signed a bill into law. Under it, people from countries, including China, are banned from buying certain real estate, such as leasing or buying land and homes near military assets. Texas, Alabama and Louisiana are weighing similar actions. In the meantime, these bills are also facing pushback from some Chinese Americans. They argue the rules could lead to discrimination and hate crimes. Despite that, experts predict the trend of restricting land purchases by Chinese buyers is likely to continue. Beijing appears to be keeping an eye on a certain naval exercise involving the U.S., Japan, France and Canada. The U.S. began the drill in the Philippine Sea Friday, with two carrier strike groups jointly operating for the first time since June 2020. Meanwhile, Chinese media reported that an intel-gathering aircraft flew over Pacific waters east of Taiwan. State-backed newspaper The Global Times published Sunday that the Y-9 cargo plane had been fitted with reconnaissance equipment and likely monitored the drill. Japan's defense ministry also chimed in, saying its troops spotted a Y-9 aircraft in the Pacific on Thursday. A spokesperson said on Monday, the ministry was analyzing a piece of equipment attached to the plane that had not been seen before. Chinese media reports that two U.S. aircraft carriers, the USS Nimitz and USS Ronald Reagan, had been operating in the region since Thursday. Beijing claims the water surrounding the Roiku Islands in the Philippine Sea as its own territory. U.S. military encounters in the Indo-Pacific have risen in recent years, with Beijing growing more assertive in the area. With Beijing making more moves in the Indo-Pacific, U.S. lawmakers from both sides of the aisle are working together to counter it. They're creating a new task force to fight the influence of the Chinese Communist Party. Entities Arian Pazdar has the details.
2: Together we're launching the bipartisan Indo-Pacific Task Force Ensuring showing the Chinese Communist Party and the world that we will not play their games or give them so much as an inch in this region. On Wednesday, House Representatives created the Indo-Pacific Task Force, designed to counter Chinese aggression in the area. The task force consists of 14 representatives, seven Democrats and seven Republicans. The task force will hold meetings to conduct oversight over U.S. territories in the Indo-Pacific. It will also provide policy recommendations to advance U.S. interest in the region. NTD's Melina Weisscup attended Wednesday's announcement, speaking with task force member James Moylan of Guam. Uh, China's goal is uh, to control the Pacific area uh,
1: from the first island chain and Guam being the second island chain.
2: China has been provoking U.S. military aircraft and vessels in the region.
1: Earlier this month, a Chinese Navy ship in the Taiwan Strait cut sharply across the path of an American destroyer, forcing the U.S. vessel to slow to avoid a collision. White House National Security Council spokesperson commented on the near crash.
3: We are a Pacific
1: power. We're not going anywhere. Five of America's seven treaty alliances are based in the Indo-Pacific. Taiwanese Air Force jets scrambled into action on Sunday, responding to Chinese combat patrols. According to the island's defense ministry, troops spotted 10 Chinese warplanes crossing the median line of the Taiwan Strait. It's the second air incursion in just a week, after a whopping 37 Chinese planes flew into Taiwan's air defense zone Thursday. Among them, fighters like the J-10, J-11, J-16 and Su-30 jets, as well as H-6 bombers. Four Chinese naval ships also engaged in joint combat readiness patrols. Taiwan said it sent up its own fighters and deployed ships and land-based missile systems to keep watch. In the face of a possible attack from China, students in Taiwan are learning more about how to defend the island. A Taiwanese high school has installed an indoor shooting range on its campus to train the 18-year-olds in how to use rifles and other weapons. Let's take a closer look.
4: Inside a high school campus in southern Taiwan, 18-year-olds are practicing their aim with airsoft guns under the supervision of the school's chief military instructor. Sanmin Senior High recently installed this airsoft gun shooting range. The facility helps students to learn about all-out defense, a concept designed to help the country prepare for conflict. Before I learned about all-out defense, I thought that it's a soldier's duty is to protect our lives and assets. But after I became aware of it, I realized that protecting ourselves is everyone's job, not just soldiers or firemen and policemen's jobs. We have to do it ourselves. All-out defense is about combining civilian and military resources to preserve national security. Under it, civilians learn first aid techniques, study military equipment and jobs, take part in drills, train to use different firearms and more. Military instructors are present to help students practice with airsoft guns. I realized that to train a good shooter so that he or she can aim properly and shoot an enemy or a target is very hard. I think it's not so easy to be a soldier. Aside from shooting airsoft guns, students can also experience flying a military aircraft using a simulator. The machine was built with the dashboard of a retired Taiwanese army helicopter.
2: I will do my one-year service. Since I already have an idea about flying an aircraft, I can learn fast and don't need extra training.
4: Referring to Russia's invasion of Ukraine, a lieutenant colonel and chief military instructor at the school says it's better to be prepared in case China follows suit.
3: You've probably seen on the news that there is a war in another country, but we must be aware of the potential danger. If such a situation happens in Taiwan, what are you going to do? How are you going to react?
4: Chinese air and sea drills recently simulated an encirclement and blockade around Taiwan. Beijing said it was intended as a serious warning to pro-independence politicians on the self-governing island and their foreign supporters. Taiwan has never been part of Communist China, but the mainland's ruling Communist Party says the island is obliged to unite with China by force if necessary. Beijing has threatened to attack if Taiwan declares formal independence or delays talks on unification.
3: And in the future, no matter what happens, the students will have a clear concept of what to do. Be it protecting the country or self-defense, we will be aware. I think this is the most important thing.
4: But military analyst Jerry Song doubts the practical effects of the shooting
2: range. This will only help the students have a concept of firearms. They will know what shooting is and the basic on how to shoot. But they will have to learn further about real shooting with real firearms.
4: The shooting range is open to Sunmin senior high students, as well as to students of other schools, upon request.
1: A nation in America's backyard inching closer to Beijing after shying away from its ties to Taiwan. The president of Honduras met with Xi Jinping during her first visit to China. That alongside the opening of the first Honduran embassy in China. Here's the latest.
0: Honduran President Xiomara Castro attended a welcome ceremony with her Chinese counterpart Xi Jinping. That was after the country's foreign ministers unveiled the Honduran embassy in Beijing. Just a few months ago, Honduras cut off its decades-long ties with Taiwan before setting up diplomatic relations with Beijing. The country is seeking China's support to ease its debt burden. Washington is watching with concern as China takes away Taiwan's Central American allies. The White House has warned countries not to trust the Chinese regime's promises of aid.
1: Hailstones the size of golf balls battering China's Jiangsu province. Hail storms swept through multiple districts in the city Saturday. The news was reported on Chinese state TV. Take a look.
0: Much of the province also experienced torrential rain. A power line in one town was struck by lightning, causing power outages to 150 households. The Jiangsu Meteorological Department says strong rain is forecast to continue until Wednesday. Chinese authorities on Sunday renewed their lowest-level alert for rainstorms. The affected area includes regions in five provinces. Up to five inches of rain is expected in the northern part of Hainan Province.
1: A legal international agreement could be used by the Chinese Communist Party to go after dissidents. UK tax authorities are providing the Chinese regime with data about Chinese and Hong Kong dissidents. It's part of an international anti-tax fraud agreement. But it's raised concerns the Chinese regime could use the sensitive information to put pressure on pro-democracy activists. NTD's Malcolm Hudson has more.
2: The UK government is giving the personal information of Chinese and Hong Kong nationals living here in Britain to the Chinese regime. The data sharing is part of an international agreement to prevent tax fraud. But this revelation raises fears the Chinese regime will use the details to target activists escaping the Chinese Communist Party.
4: knowingly or unknowingly, the British government is able to share the sensitive tax information. This is addresses, bank account information, how much money they have um, automatically with the Chinese regime.
2: The tax agreement was launched in 2014, with China and Hong Kong joining the pact four years later. Over 160,000 Hong Kongers have come to the UK since 2021, and many other Chinese nationals have fled China over the past decades. Koo said it's possible for individuals to have their tax information redacted to stop it being shared.
4: However, most of them are not even aware that they can do this because the instructions for doing so are hidden in a crevice on the UK government website.
2: She added that the CCP actively tries to find sensitive information on people. It has set up secret police stations across the world, including here in the UK, to spy on those who have fled China. In 2021, A bounty worth over $10,000 was put on a pro-democracy activist from Hong Kong. So the tax data agreement raises serious safety concerns. Ku said it's not unheard of for the UK government to opt out of such pacts with autocratic regimes.
4: The British government suspended similar tax agreements with Russia and Belarus to protect um, the Ukrainian citizens that were fleeing to Britain. So there's no reason that the same cannot be done um, with China and Hong
1: Kong.
2: She said people from China and Hong Kong deserve to feel safe here in the UK and added they should have easier access to information to allow their human rights to be protected. Malcolm Hudson, NTD News, London.
1: Next, let's zoom in on Amsterdam, where lawmakers are taking another step towards safeguarding technology, some of them pushing for a new plan to screen international students before they can access doctoral degree programs at Dutch universities. The country's education minister said on Monday that international students funded by foreign state-run agencies like the Chinese Scholarship Council would be investigated. The move is an expected one. Dutch technology is an attractive target for espionage, and China is known for its attempts to acquire valuable technology for outside its own borders. According to Dutch news agency Trout, Chinese scholarship recipients must strictly obey the Chinese Communist Party's orders, report to the China embassy regularly while studying overseas, and must return to China after graduating. As a result, some universities rejected Chinese PhD applicants. Worth noting, the Netherlands is home to ASML, one of the world's leading producers of microchip-making gear. Early in March, the Dutch government placed export restrictions on ASML's microchip printing machines, blocking them from being sent to China. That's including its most advanced tool, deep ultralight or DUV machines. ASML is the world's only producer of these machines, which are key to producing the globe's most advanced chips. Two recent videos on CCP officials went viral on Chinese social media. One brought to light the extramarital affairs of a state-owned enterprise leader, prompting his ouster. The other betrayed the inner voice of the Communist Party's grassroots cadres. Let's take a look.
3: Last week, a Chinese Communist Party official was caught on a romantic stroll with his secret girlfriend that was on the streets of Chengdu, a metropolis in southwestern China. There, fashion photographers often take quick snaps of pedestrians in stylish clothing. The clip soon began circulating online. People identified the man as Hu Jiyong, a married executive of a PetroChina subsidiary. He also served as the company's Communist Party secretary, a top leadership position. The woman holding his hand was his colleague. Beijing-owned PetroChina is the country's largest oil and gas supplier. The company has issued a statement relieving Hu of his duties. Within one day, the topic attracted over one billion views on China's Twitter-like platform, Weibo. Some noticed that the woman's handbag seemed to be a limited-edition Lady Dior, allegedly priced at more than $5,000. In another video, a couple of civil servants appear to be filming a nationalist propaganda video. When they heard a man say, all for the people, the group couldn't help but bursting into laughter. (laughs) (laughs) The spot they were standing in is the former residence of Mao Zedong. THE COMMUNIST LEADER MADE A SPEECH IN 1944 TITLED SERVE THE PEOPLE. THE PHRASE HAS SINCE BECOME A POLITICAL SLOGAN AND THE MOTTO OF THE CHINESE COMMUNIST PARTY. COMMENTS ONLINE SUGGEST OFFICIALS LAUGHED BECAUSE THEY KNEW BOTH THE SLOGAN AND THEIR WORK WERE FALSE AND LAUGHABLE.
1: COMING UP, WHAT STRATEGIC ASSETS IS BEIJING LOOKING TO ACQUIRE FROM OTHER NATIONS? AND WHAT'S THE CHINESE COMMUNIST PARTY'S ULTIMATE GOAL BEHIND ITS BELT AND ROAD PROJECT? We spoke to Brent Sadler, Senior Fellow at the Heritage Foundation on Naval Warfare and Advanced Technology, for the latest. That and more in just a minute, here on China In Focus. Welcome back to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. What does China's top infrastructure project, the Belt and Road Initiative, look like right now? And what is the Chinese Communist Party's ultimate goal? We tap Brent Sadler, Senior Fellow at the Heritage Foundation on Naval Warfare and Advanced Technology, for answers. He's also the author of a new book, U.S. Naval Power in the 21st Century, a new strategy for facing the Chinese and Russian threat. When we look at Beijing, they have the Belt and Road Initiative, this massive mm. infrastructure plan. They have a lot of ports that they're buying. They just got a bigger stake in one in Hamburg. How does mm. that all play out
5: in terms of geopolitics? Well, in the geopolitics, if you've got so behind many of those deals are personal kind of affiliations and, you know, there can be some you know, individual profiteering that's going on. Uh, I wouldn't call it necessarily bribery, but it's also the holding out of economic benefits Mostly, they can be targeted to an individual's political constituency or an individual themselves to buy political favor for a decision. And sadly, too often, even like in this deal in Germany, it could turn out that while they may have the favor of the current political leadership in Berlin, um, once the decision's made, the Chinese then all of that, that, those promises dry up because they got what they want. It's very transactional. Uh, so sustainability is not an ensured feature of it. The other thing is, Sri Lanka learned is the Chinese, if you can't pay back a high interest loan, and many of these Belt and Road initiatives come with high interest loans, uh, then you go into restructuring that that agreement, and you get stuck into debt diplomacy or debt entrapment. And they had to actually sign away for 100 years uh, the control of Hambantota Port, a deep water port in Sri Lanka. Uh, So this is a game that does have some weaknesses. The United States has not played in it, but it requires the Navy the State Department, and commerce to play together to identify and figure out where these potential uh, opportunities avail themselves to complicate Chinese uh, investments. We did that with uh, Equatorial Guinea. I think there was some awareness uh, back about a year and a half ago that the Chinese were looking there in Western West Africa, Gulf of Guinea, to get a base. Unfortunately, we didn't have all of the insights that we needed to head off a potential deal in the Solomon Islands. I would submit we and our Australian allies should have, um, but we failed. And naval statecraft, that coordination between diplomacy, economic statecraft and a naval presence allows you to be more responsive than what the Chinese model is.
1: It sounds like in a lot of these cases, strategic assets are falling into Beijing's hands.
5: What Mm. is the Chinese regime's ultimate goal here? Well, there's so there's the number one goal is to be able to contest Taiwan's you know, if they should decide to become independent. That's number one job number one. If they fail that the Chinese Communist Party will collapse, at least that's the conventional wisdom. Uh, more likely, they will be contested domestically. And that would be a very violent future for for mainland Chinese. The second one, and it's more of an economic, they want to regain an economic but also a diplomatic and also be the standard setter for the laws and the regulations, not just in China and near abroad, but globally. And so by having that influence through the economic trade, trade routes connected through ports and also overland by rail, they can actually start to exert increasing pressure and increasing influence on not just a military Taiwan scenario, but on basically setting the standards and also the terms of trade globally.
1: It seems we've been seeing some hints of that. There was the peace deal between Saudi and Iran that was brokered by Beijing. There's talks of Beijing brokering a potential ceasefire between Russia and Ukraine. Those were normally roles reserved to the US. How do you see, what do you see happening
5: in terms of the international led order right now? Well, I don't see a common thread on both of those with China. Again, the Chinese, are very, the Chinese Communist Party is very pragmatic and they will ebb and flow as the conditions on the ground dictate. Ukraine looks like over a year of pressure decided finally to come out and basically have a giant nothing statement. It's really dead on arrival what they proposed and there wasn't anything tangible for how to end the fighting in Ukraine that they were putting forward. Um, no surprise. But I feel that they were compelled, because of diplomatic pressure from their partners, to at least say something, to provide some top cover. Nothing more. Certainly, they aren't applying any pressure on Moscow, uh, and and potentially even sanctions relief is what they're up to. Now, the the second one that you mentioned, I'm not so sure that uh, we have a clear picture yet on what really was going on in Saudi Arabia, but I wouldn't put aside personal animus. Uh, before President Biden, when he was a candidate, uh, there was a lot of very vitriolic uh, rhetoric that he was spewing out uh, over the uh, the killing of Khashoggi, the Washington Post reporter in, uh, in a Saudi consulate. Uh, you know, reprehensible, but by his rhetoric, he alienated the singular most powerful person in Riyadh. And we needed that, we needed Saudi Arabia during the COVID uh, era, we need them for oil, produce more oil, not for us necessarily, but for our allies and partners, Uh, they weren't playing. And I think this is yet another example of the personal animus with Biden himself playing out Face is an important measure. And the first meeting that President Biden took to Saudi Arabia, where he met the king and of course, uh, the crown prince, uh, he continued to insult him. And so I think we're kind of bearing the fruits of that unfortunately.